Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. October 2020. We've nearly made it, people. (laughs) We're nearly through. But, you know, another month, another conspiracy theory, am I right? And I think about, you know, uh, 2020 and everything that's gone on. And, you know, we came in experiencing the worst drought that we ever have. And then we had bushfires that darkened the sky across our nation. Um, Obviously, a global pandemic that we're still in the midst of. Lockdown, shut down, keep your head down. And uh, and also now, October, um, they're predicting floods. Uh, we, we, had, we saw race riots echo across the globe in this global society that we're in. They're predicting floods, La Nina. Um, I, think, I think we're due in November for a plague of locusts, I think. I think that's what's happening. And then in December, they're inserting chips, I think, into our foreheads and bodies somewhere. New Year's just in time for the world leaders to return to the reptilian state and go back to space. Um, that's actually a legitimate conspiracy theory. I rang my brother-in-law and said, what's the weir- weirdest conspiracy theory you've got? He said, um, people think that the world leaders are actually reptilians from space. I'm like, okay. Anyway, there's so many conspiracy theories that I wrote a song. You're welcome. You ready? Here we go. Do, 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 do. Convor- oh, man. I was so close. You can catch it on my YouTube channel later. <laughs> Okay, I'll give it another try. Coronavirus vaccine, mark of the beast and 5G. Uh, Wait, Chinese world domination, Donald Trump tax evasion. King Jong-un doesn't poo, but he's got his missiles groomed. Premier Daniel Andrews sold the axis, he's a fascist. Uh, Bushfire climate change. Government lasers from space. I had this so nailed before. I practiced so much, I've got to tell you. Um, Like in front of the mirror, I practiced. Um, No, I didn't, not in front of the mirror. Bushfire, climate change, government leaves us from space all to get super fast rail pass. Well, it's a fast. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world was turned. Okay. It was much better in my head. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. But in the midst of the conspiracy theories that we experience, you know, there's so much going on that we need to consider macro what's going on in the world. <clears throat> I love these moments because Daz hangs his head in shame and goes so red. <laughs> I thought they'd be his proudest moments of me, but nope, not in the whole 20 years we've been married have these moments ever been his favourite. Um, but the macro that's going on all around us and then the micro that's going on inside of us and then keeping the main thing, the main thing, missional inside of that in the midst of all these conspiracy theories, what do we do? And how does the Bible, this ancient book, speak to it? We're going to have a look this morning at Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 10, 11. The Lord spoke to me with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. He said, do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread and he will be a sanctuary. So Lord, we want to enter into this safe place this morning where you are holy and Lord, where everything else can fade away and be right-sized, Lord. God, will you come and help us to see things as they truly are because you are the one who sees the end from the beginning and you are the one who knows all things. And it's in your son's name, that strong and powerful name that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The time 8th century BCE, the place Judah in the ancient Near East, 
the people, King Ahaz, who is no longer following the Lord his God as his father David did. But as 2 Kings tells us, that he actually sacrificed his son in the fire to the god Chemosh and has built altars on the high places and burns incense under every tree as he worships creation. The prophet Isaiah encounters a radical vision where he sees God in his heavenly dwelling attended by heavenly servants. It's a weird God story to rival any weird God story that you've got, except for you, Pastor Mike and Pastor Christelle. I'm not jealous, I'm just a little bit dissatisfied. And, and the weird God story that he has is the train of his robe is filling the temple and the angel takes a hot coal and touches his lips with it, the prophet Isaiah is anointed to speak. The political climate is that there are tensions everywhere around the nation of Judah. Assyria is the world's superpower and it's unprecedented in its war crimes and cruelty. They do not follow the rules of law. They plunder and pillage not only the nations, but the climate as well. They burn down forests and they burn down everything that they come into contact with. Um, Israel has aligned themselves with Aram and as Assyria is looking to attack them, they ask Judah to join them in their alliance. And Judah says, no, King Ahaz says, no, I won't. And so they begin to attack Judah. And King Ahaz reaches out to the king of Assyria and says, I am your servant. Come and be my saviour. A phrase that should have been reserved for the Lord, his God. I am your servant. Come and be my saviour. But he says it to the king of Assyria. And so he becomes a vassal king to the nation of Assyria. Global tensions, tensions without and tensions within, much like our world today. And so we're going to see from Isaiah chapter 8 and a little bit of chapter 9 how we can live in the midst of a global climate and tension and conspiracy theories that are going on all around us. So firstly, I just want to set it up this morning and just say that there's a mark of maturity that I think we can all go for that we wouldn't necessarily see immediately. And it's found in another prophet, Zephaniah, who's prophesying to people who are about to go into exile. They're about to be taken from their nation, carried off as slaves and planted in another nation. The men will be neutered and be made eunuchs. The women will be taken into other homes and, and made wives to other people. It will be horrendous. But Zephaniah speaks into it in chapter 2 and verse 3 and says this, Seek the Lord all who are humble and follow His commands. Seek to do what is right and to live humbly. Listen to this. Perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you, protect you from His anger on that day of destruction. You see this day of destruction is a day that's been prophesied as a consequence for them not following the Lord their God. And Zephaniah speaks into it and says, Perhaps even now. I don't know about you, I don't want the perhaps. I want the definitely. I want the, if you will do right now and serve God now and humble yourself even now, then God will definitely in this moment save you on the day of destruction. But Zephaniah says, perhaps. And the fact is that that nation was carried into exile and many were slaughtered. And I wonder if for us, we could reach that goal of maturity where we say, I believe you, God. I believe that you will come through for me. I believe that I will be spared on whatever day it looks like. I believe that in the midst of global tensions, I'll thrive and flourish. But even if I don't, I'm going to serve you. I wonder if we can reach that mark of maturity where we have great faith and great consideration for what God might do. But even if we aren't spared in the day of conflict, that we'll serve Him regardless because He's got our eternal future in His hands. So let me just lay that as a foundation before we move into the macro, the micro and the missional. 
what's going on around us, what's going on inside of us and keeping the main thing the main thing. So macro, macro, the first thing that I would encourage us to do as it relates to everything that's going on around us is to take a stance that is to stand, to stand. You know what? Humans do, don't we? We like to do. We like to get stuff done. King Ahaz looked around and even though being told by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7 verse 9, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Even though he received that word from Isaiah, he goes about and does to try and make things happen for himself. He goes about and tries to find, well, what can I do to ensure that I'm going to be okay in the day of trouble? We like to do. It's why we taser people for toilet paper. It's why we go out in the middle of the night to service stations to buy rice and pasta at 40 times supermarket price. I'm not singling anyone out in particular. Um, that then remains in the pantry for months on end. And then that the rest of the family's told we're not even allowed to eat rice and pasta. So it's going to remain there until the weevils eat it. I, I know that's not everyone's story. It's just some people in the room's story. And... Uh, but we are, it says, now there's nothing wrong with doing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with doing. We should do everything we can and every moment that we can. But when that doing becomes really about us trying to control the circumstance, and Neil, beautiful Neil Abra, who's a member of the board here, he, uh, he sent me a text and said, Bron, any, any control is just an illusion anyway. And that's the truth. When that doing is, is a mark of control, is a mark of our striving, in a mark that we say that we're determining our own destiny, we're the masters of our destiny, then that's a doing that shouldn't be happening and we should just be standing. In Exodus chapter 14, as the Egyptians were coming to the people of Israel that Dan was talking about, they'd come out of slavery and the Egyptian armies following them. Moses says this, he says, Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still. And watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stand still. This is the stance that we need to take in the midst of the swirling, opposing forces that are going all around us, that we are those who stand. We are not those who quickly try and control everything. We are those who stand. That is the stance that we take. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 10. I'll start from verse 9. This is Isaiah talking about the world matters. He's saying, raise the war cry, you nations, and be shattered. Listen, all you distant lands, prepare for battle and be shattered. Prepare for battle and be shattered. So nice, he says it twice. Verse 10, devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand, for God is with us. You see, you can be comforted that you can stand and that other people's plans won't stand because God is with you. As it relates to everything going on around us, you can stand. Stand and stay. Sounds the same, but it's different. Stay. This speaks to actually just just putting down roots, staying in the midst of where you are. Apparently, on Monday night after the presidential debate in America... Google searches for how easy is it to move to New Zealand and how easy is it to become a citizen of Canada went through the roof. And, uh, and you know, it's human nature, right? We encounter difficulty and we want to run. We want to extricate ourselves from that difficulty. Maybe you've got a difficult workplace at the moment and you want to extricate yourself from that. Or, or maybe things are difficult in your extended family and you're like, I can just draw the drawbridge. I can just be our immediate family right now and get away from this trouble. But there's something about staying 
let's look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. Isaiah is being given instruction. The Lord said to me, take a large scroll and write on it with an ordinary pen, Meah Shalal Ashbaz. And I will call in Uriah the priest and Zechariah son of Jeberechiah as reliable witnesses for me. Then I went to the prophetess and she conceived and gave birth to a son. And the Lord said to me, name him Meah Ashbaz. Before the boy knows how to say mama or papa, the wealth of Damascus and the plunder of Samaria will be carried off by the king of Assyria. Seems random. Just give me time. I'm going to get to it in just a moment. <clears throat> by the way, Mikey and Linnea, Maya Shalal Ashbaz is a great son's name. You're having a girl. You can't do it. I'm sorry. Tim and Cora in Gaira, I feel like it's time for you to have another child and call it Maya Shalal Ashbaz. All the best. And Maya Shalal Ashbaz, you see what God's doing here. Let's, let's remember, Ahaz, the king, has sacrificed his son into the fire for the god Chemosh and said, I need God, this God, to come through for me. I need this God's help. And he's willing to give up his legacy to ask for this God's help. Isaiah is told, have a son and call him Meishel Ashbaz. Because before he can say mama or dada, which is what, 11 months or something like that. Is that right? Yep, cool, sweet. Um, and not, like notice it doesn't say, by the time he can say his own name, because that would have been when he was 14 or 15. Um, that, but when he, before he can say mama or dada, the whole political climate is going to be changed. That's what he's saying. That you can see what you see right now. Call this kid Meishel Ashbaz, which means quick to the plunder, swift to, um, swift to the spoil. Because by the time he can say mama or dada, the whole political climate is going to be changed. You see what you see right now, but I have God's eye view. Who, what can, I can see the end from the beginning and I have a much bigger plan in mind. So you can actually stay where you are because you're going to see the deliverance of God in the land of the living. Stand in the midst of everything else that's going on, but also stay, put down roots, actually determine that you're going to have a legacy in the midst of where you are. Don't run from it. Don't draw up the drawbridge from it. Don't move to New Zealand from it. Whether it's in your world or whether it's in your workplace or whether it's you know, in your own household, you can stay because you will see God come through. In verse 18, it says, Here am I and the children the Lord has given me. We, this is Isaiah talking. We are signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord Almighty who dwells on Mount Zion. You see, Isaiah's had another child before this chapter called Shir Jeshub, which means a remnant will return. And so while Isaiah is prophesying this judgment that's coming, he's saying, no, no, there's going to be a remnant return. This is not the end of the story. And not only that, the political climate's going to be completely changed to the way that you think it will be right now because God is in control. God is in control. And so he's saying, I'm standing with my children. And this is a sign to all of Israel. And you staying in your difficult circumstance in the midst of where you are, as God calls you and as God leads you, you are a sign to that circumstance to say that God is faithful and God is in control. I think about our friends, Jack and Carol Haynes, who moved from Arizona to Sydney 35 years ago, something like that. Now, when I say Sydney, like you'd think, could you? Or you know, Port Macquarie, you only need to hear the voice of God once to move to Port Macquarie. But they went to Penrith, like the Riff, like Penrith. Um, 
the best place to eat out in Penrith is Penrith Panthers. And uh, like you don't move from Arizona to go and live in Penrith, but they moved there and bought funeral plots there. They made a statement. They said, we are staying here. God has called us here. And no matter how difficult this gets, we are staying here. So there's something about the stand that says, you know what, God, you're in control of this. I can stand and I can look and I can wait for the deliverance of the Lord. And I can also stay and it'll be a sign to everyone around me that I'm staying no matter what. What is God calling you to stand in? What is God calling you to stay in? That's the macro. You might be thinking, Bron, Like, I don't even, I alternate between ABC Kids and Disney Plus. I don't even know what's going on in the world. Uh, And and there's more going on in me for me to worry about what's going on in the world. There's enough conspiracy theories swirling around in here about my neighbour and about my husband and about my, my children or about my boss. There's enough conspiracy theories going on in here that I don't need to concern myself with what's going on out there. Well, let's speak to the micro. Stand, stay, macro, Pause in the micro. Pause. There's power in a pause. And just right now, wherever you are, let's pause. Let's unclench our jaw. Let's drop our shoulders and take a deep breath. Now I'm on two coffees this morning, so it hasn't worked quite as well for me. But there's power in the pause. There's power in the pause. And just taking a pause makes the world of difference. You know, um, the Bible says in James, be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. Slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. And that would be a game changer in every single relational conversation that we have. I know this to be true. I've tried it. It's worked. And still, I only put it into practice one in every 50 conflicts that Daz and I have, which is maybe a week. <laughs> no, it's much more than a week. Um, but but when, I, when I do this, or when Daz does this, is actually only one of us. It changes everything. It stops it from going from here, well here, well here, well here, ah! It stops it from doing that and it just brings a peace and a pause to the situation when you're just slow to speak, slow to anger and quick to listen. It's a game changer. But imagine if micro, if we could employ that in our own hearts, if we would be slow to speak, so slow to jump to conclusions, slow to judgment, slow to, slow to whatever it is that would pop into our heads. We'd just, wait, 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 pause. Imagine if we'd be slow to anger or whatever other emotional response we might have. Imagine if we would step back from that emotion and look at that information rather than immediately validating it as true and real and right. Imagine if we were just slow to conclusion, slow to emotional reaction and instead chose to respond and we're quick to listen, quick to observe, quick to try and understand what's going on in us and around us rather than conclusioning. Don't you think the conspiracy theories would just slow down to a bit of a silence? That they just have the air taken out of them, that they just have the impetus taken out of them if we would just be slower and have the power of the pause. Stand, stay, pause and pray. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19 says, When men tell you, 
This is Isaiah talking to King Ahaz again. When men tell you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? <clears throat> to the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, they will have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness. When you consult mediums and spiritists or when you consult Google or Siri before asking of the Lord your God. When you say, Google, please return to me what I'm going to be most pleased with according to the algorithm that you've created so that I might be more polarised in my position. Please do that for me, Google. Wouldn't it be great if we could have Siri on auto? We say, hey, Siri. And Siri says, hello, Bronwyn. I have noticed that you have consulted me first rather than consulting the Lord your God. How about you consult him first and ask him the question that you are asking of me and then come back to me because I am just a puny person in a tiny computer rather than the creator of heavens and earth. Please consult the Lord your God first, otherwise you'll be weary and hungry and roam throughout the land and famished and distressed. Amen? Amen. Someone's Siri appreciative. Let's set Siri to auto-reply that. Like, we're, so, we're the instant society, aren't we? We've got an answer for everything and we can jump on and grab it. But, but it says here, hey, how should not a people inquire of their God? Pause, step back from the situation, have a look at it and then submit it all to God and say, God, will you make sense of all of this because I'm, I've got Buckley's. Pause, pray. Stand, stay, pause, pray. And then if we're to keep the main thing the main thing, we need to weigh. Not like Curzon way, not like Wayne's World Party Time, no way, way, but weigh like scales, weigh, weigh. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 5. I don't think we've got this on the screen, um, but let me read it to you. It's a bit of a convoluted, like, I need to give you some background. So Isaiah chapter 8, verse 5 says, The Lord spoke to me again, because this people has rejected the gently flowing waters of Shiloh and rejoices over Rezin and the son of Ramalia. Therefore, the Lord is about to bring against them the mighty flood waters of the river, the king of Assyria with all his pomp. It will overflow all its channels, run over all its banks and sweep on into Judah, swirling over it, passing through it and reaching up to the neck. Its outspread wings will cover the breadth of your land. Oh, Emmanuel. Okay, what's this saying? It's metaphor, obviously. And it's talking about the gentle waters of Shiloh, which are Jerusalem's waters. That's Jerusalem's water supply was Shiloh. And it was just a gentle spring, a humble spring. And God's saying, because you've rejected those waters and you've looked to the mighty Euphrates River of Assyria, well, then the mighty rivers of Euphrates will come in and swallow you up, but up to the neck, because I'm not going to let it consume you, but I'm going to let you bear the consequences of what you've chosen. It's, I'm not going to let it consume you because I am God and I am in control, but it will come up to your neck and you're going to be flailing around in it because there's consequence to what you choose. So you need to weigh up what's going on, Ahaz. You need to weigh up what you're doing here. And for us, as it relates to us, we need to look around at the nations and see what they're putting their trust in and weigh that up. How's that working out for them? Let's take a, an objective look at that and go, okay, that country is trusting in that. How's that working out for them? It might look like it's going well right now, but I can see the, the, the fragility of that. 
We need to look at the people around us and what they're trusting in and go, how's that working out for them? How's that negativity working out for them as they put their trust in this negative tone of conversation that goes drone and drone and drone on? How's that working out for them? It seems to me that it's a negative spiral that's leading into an abyss or whatever they're putting their trust in. How's that working out for them? And then we need to look at ourselves and say, what am I putting my trust in? And how's that working out for me? We need to weigh it up. Because there's something that we're meant to be doing. We're meant to be keeping the main thing the main thing and meant to be missional. As Paul said to Timothy, he said, you need to, you need to be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, a soldier doesn't get caught up in civilian affairs. Or church, don't get caught up in conspiracy theories because there's something that you are meant to be doing and staying on mission about. Uh, he said, uh, an elite athlete doesn't get bogged down with everything that's going on around them. My son has a desire and a dream to be an elite athlete. And um, compared to me, he's already, but, um, but he's got a desire to be an elite athlete. This boy is focused. Like he's so focused. He's barely on Instagram, um, which is unlike m- most people his age. He's barely doing anything else. He's just thinking about when's my next training session? When's my next uh, thing that I've got to do for football? He, he's focused, laser focused. And Paul says to Timothy, an elite athlete doesn't get dragged down by the things around him. A, a soldier doesn't get caught up in civilian affairs. Church, let's not get caught up in the conspiracy theories of our day, but let's keep the main thing, the main thing that is that we're meant to be on mission. That we're meant to be going, go and make disciples of all nations, which is actually as you are going, tell people around you about Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, and we're going to finish on this. Isaiah chapter 9, it's the very next verse. So we finished with doom and fearful gloom and being thrust into utter darkness. Number 9 says, Nevertheless, everybody say, Nevertheless. Gaira, say, Nevertheless. That's weird because it was silent in this room. I hope you said it. Otherwise, it would have been so awkward. Nevertheless, let's say it one more time. Nevertheless, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders the rod of their oppressor every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And that's talking about our Jesus, church. The person that we just celebrated, Jesus Christ, it's talking about Him and saying that no matter what's going on around you right now, I've got a day coming where Jesus is going to enter the fray and He's going to turn everything upside down for all time. 
And it says that he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. He's Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father. That's God the Father. Prince of Peace is our Jesus. It's the Trinity right there. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who God promises to us to turn everything around, including yours and my life. Oh, church, it's a good plan. It's a great plan. That's very total understatement. Whether it be what's going on around us or whether it's being what's going on inside of us or whether it's just trying to keep the main thing the main thing, we can stand, we can stay, we can pause, we can pray, we can weigh and then we can slay. And, um, you know, I'm, slay like slay a dragon, sure, but I'm more like, you know, slay girl, like you got this, you nailed it and no... But like slay, just go about just doing good. Like go about your life. Is anyone familiar with the term slay? Yes, everyone under 25. Um, It's like, Ethan, can you come and explain it for us, please? Quick run. There's people on the screen watching. Yeah, just when you're doing really well at something, it's a word of encouragement that people will cry to you like, slay girl, like what you did before. That's good. Awesome. Thanks, Eve. Great job. Thank you, my millennial friend. (laughs) As as my children cringe and tell me to get back in wherever. Um, So slay. Way and slay. You see, God has apportioned to us the ability to walk in our authority and to go about doing good and to go about making disciples. No matter who you are, you don't need to be a preacher. You don't need to be a prophet. You don't need to be a teacher or a pastor. You just be who you are, empowered by the God of all creation living on the inside of you, who brings peace to your situation and peace into your heart and then also empowers you to bring peace into the world around you. Stand, stay, pause, pray, weigh, slay. Let's pray this morning. Lord, there are those of us here today that are just madly striving about, just trying to ensure our own destiny, ensure our future. Lord, I pray for a supernatural rest to come upon people this morning and this afternoon and whenever people are watching, a supernatural rest to come upon people that says you don't need to strive anymore. Just stand still and watch the deliverance of the Lord that's coming. Just stay calm because He is right there willing to act on your behalf. And Lord God, I pray for anyone who just is having that thought of I've got to run, I've got to get out of this, I've got to go. And Lord, for those who need a way of escape made, I pray that you would give them a way of escape right now, Lord. I pray that that would all begin to um, come to pass right now for those who need that way of escape in Jesus' name. But Lord, for those of us who just need to put down roots and who need to make a testimony and who need to make a stand and to actually stay, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and empower us to stay in the situation that we're in in Jesus' name. Lord, those of us who are just swirling and conclusioning and coming to all kinds of thoughts in our head and it's driving us nuts, Lord, I pray that you give us the ability to pause. Lord, to come into that place of pause and the power of that pause where we can stand outside it and actually judge it rather than it informing us. Lord, let us go to you first. 
not to Google, not to Siri, but to you first, Lord. And Lord, help us to see the nations around us, the people around us, ourselves, what we're putting our trust in and put our trust in you instead. And Lord, let us, let us do your work. Let us slay in Jesus' name. And church, just right now, maybe your recognition that what you need is peace in your own heart, but actually peace that starts with a right relationship with you and God. And I just want to remind you this morning that as we celebrated communion and we talked about how the people of Israel were brought out of slavery into freedom, but then they had to access that freedom. This morning, perhaps you need to access that freedom, that you recognise that being outside a relationship with God has meant that you're not living free. And I want to make a relationship with God, a right relationship with God available for you right now. So let's close our eyes again and block out distractions. Let me ask you this question. Do you want a right relationship with God? Do you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus and what He's done and allow Him to bring you into a right relationship with God where there's not a hole that's missing, just a gap. And there's not that feeling of I'm just not right before God, but where there's a peace before God through Jesus Christ. So if that's you this morning, I'm going to count to three and I'd love you to raise your hand just long enough for me to see it. And then we're going to pray a prayer together and I'd love to pray for you as well. Um, I'm not going to call you out the front or anything like that. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I'd love you to raise your hand and in the campuses as well, if there's anyone there that would love this prayer to be prayed for them. One, God loves you. Two, He gave up everything for you. Three, He wants to be in relationship with you. Would you raise your hand right now if that's you? You want to be in right relationship with Jesus. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great decision. Anyone else here this morning? That's you. Great. Thank you. Just look across the room one more time. Is there anyone else who would like to make that decision this morning? I want to follow Jesus. I want to put him first in my life. Okay. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving everything and holding nothing back for us in order that we might know you and come into a right relationship with our Creator, where there might be peace between us and God. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for the five people in this room and anywhere else where people have made decisions to follow you or are watching this later, Lord, that you would bear witness to them that they're now in a right relationship with you, that they're actually followers of Jesus Christ, that you've made them a Christian, someone who loves you, someone who wants to go your way and not their own way anymore. Lord, I pray you'd forgive all their sins from their past and give them a brand new future in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, I just want to remind you before we go that we've got a Next Steps tab on our uh, website. If you click on your location and then Next Steps, there's a button there that says, I've decided to follow Jesus because we'd love to help you in that decision and not leave you on your own. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.